Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. In the red corner, a launch title for the Nintendo GameCube released in 2001, and the first proper solo outing for Mario's brother, we have Luigi's Mansion. In the blue corner, one of several Luigi-themed games released in 2013, a game available for Nintendo 3DS, we have Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Fight! So in the spirit of the season, and because of the third game being announced during Nintendo's Direct last month, and because of the remake of the first game coming out, like, tomorrow or something like that, I figured now would be a good time to talk about Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Mansion 2, kind of compare the games, because everyone who's played both the games likes to compare them to each other. So, I thought I'd take a crack at it. I'm going to look at five core factors. The story, which will contain spoilers if you're interested in that kind of thing. The format of the game. Controls and technical stuff. The overall style of the game, which includes aesthetics and music. And the fear factor. How creepy the games can get. Not to be confused with eating bugs on television for money. In the original game, Luigi wins a mansion in a contest. Except he didn't enter any contest. But he goes anyway, and oops, the mansion is haunted. He told Mario to meet him there, and it turns out Mario was grabbed by the ghosts. Luigi meets an old scientist named E. Gad, who equips him with a vacuum cleaner that can capture ghosts. Now armed with his flashlight and the vacuum, he must explore the mansion and locate Mario. At the same time, he's urged to recapture the ghosts who've escaped from their portraits in Egad's gallery and deal with King Boo, the leader of the little round ghost fellas you usually see in the Mario games. There's a bit of intrigue where we learn how Mario came to be captured and a possible connection to Bowser and all this. In the end, Luigi and King Boo face off, Mario is freed, and Luigi builds a new mansion with whatever money he managed to find during the adventure. In Dark Moon, the eponymous artifact is a, well, artifact that's known for keeping peace in an area called Evershade Valley. It gets shattered, and the ghosts become hostile, including ones who've been helping Egad with his research. So he calls Luigi in to ask him to make things better. Luigi goes to the first in a series of mansions and picks up a new vacuum and some other handy devices. He ends up exploring five different, yet smaller mansions, all while collecting fragments of the Dark Moon, and slowly uncovering the fact that King Boo has returned, and that he's captured Mario again. Luigi challenges King Boo once again and frees his brother, while the Dark Moon finally restores the crazy ghosts into their happy, playful selves. Also, Luigi befriends a ghost dog. Both these stories are rather simple and depend on a slow trickle of intrigue as you go before building up to the final battle with King Boo. The first game was a bit of a fresh take. King Boo merely wanted revenge for how the brothers had defeated his underlings all this time. I call it a fresh take because it's not just uh, the different angle of starring Luigi. It also puts Mario and Luigi's adventures in a different perspective than we normally get. While we're still shamelessly going to defeat the henchmen, it kind of demonstrates that Mario and Luigi's actions do have consequences, and that they can make more enemies than just Bowser or the RPG villain of the week. 
At the same time, King Boo's evil plan is laughable, and he even calls Luigi out for buying into the fake mansion contest. There's also the fact that the Boos are introduced only partway through the game when Luigi frees them from a prison cell in the mansion by mistake. I don't even know if we're ever told how they got in there. In the second game, they reuse King Boo and have him capture Mario all over again, which I find too repetitive for my liking. And they don't go into too much detail on how he escaped and how Mario figures into all this. Meanwhile, his motivation is a lot more wicked. He drove the other ghosts mad and later empowered them with red gems. He plans to use them as an army and have their combined paranormal energy shatter reality and King Boo can take over what's left. That's pretty intense. So while King Boo is always a villain, he's either at least somewhat noble towards his race, or he's an unhinged menace at the edge of tearing reality. Both stories have their ups and downs and their shared plot beats, but the intensity in Dark Moon resonated with me a little more, especially since the game is meant to be horror. Well, okay, it's very light horror. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. The characterization for Egad and Luigi are also better in Dark Moon. There wasn't really much of a personality for Egad to have in the first game. He was just your mission control and exposition. In Dark Moon, he's mostly the same, but he's also characterized as being openly forgetful and having a bit of tunnel vision. On the other hand, Luigi did have a personality in the original game. In fact, Luigi's Mansion was the first proper portrayal of Luigi as being somewhat of a coward, which would go on to make him a more memorable character for the rest of the Mario games to come. And he carries that into Dark Moon, but now we get a lot of mini cutscenes and stuff that are just chock full of Luigi's personality, little mutterings to himself that almost blur the line of having the scene come across as being fully voice acted. Luigi was good in the original game, but great in Dark Moon, I'd say. I believe it goes without saying that in regards to the story and characters, two things I often lump together, I'd give the edge to Dark Moon on this one, personally. Format. Now this is where I see a lot of people sing the praises of the original game over the sequel. In the original game, you're allotted only one mansion, but it's pretty large and Luigi tackles the house in sections, going one room at a time unlocking successive rooms until he reaches the boss ghost of the area to unlock the next section of the mansion. This encourages exploration because there are times where the next room is a little far off from where you get the key for it, and there are a number of optional rooms in the mansion and a few secret passageways. There are also times where you need to remember a certain room and come back to it with an ability or with knowledge that you got in a later area. Boos are introduced during the second area, and you occasionally need to have captured a required amount to make progress. Coins, dollar bills, and jewels are all yours for the taking, but they only exist for the final score at the end, and it's actually harder to get the worst-ranked ending than the best. After dealing with enough of the regular ghosts, you start running into portrait ghosts, they're sort of the mid-bosses of the game, and they require a bit more strategy to capture, and they put up more of a fight. They're also fondly remembered because they display a good amount of personality during the short time you're in their presence. In Dark Moon, you have five mansions, but none of them are as big as the original. The game has a mission-based format, 
So Luigi spends a short amount of time in the respective missions. Each mission only allows access to certain portions of the mansion, and sometimes this displays changes in the mansions between visits. They do sometimes pad this out by conveniently breaking or separating important objects that Luigi needs to get to the end of the mansion, giving you more missions. The ghost dog is a big offender, often stealing exactly what you need and extending the mansions by one whole mission for at least three of the mansions. While there is less emphasis on exploration, there's more on puzzle solving. Clearing a room isn't always as simple as beating a ghost or sucking up whatever might look strange. Luigi will often need to do little things with all his different tools. Though, there's not much that survives a round of try everything on everything. The puzzles aren't that spectacular as a result. You still capture booze, but as far as I recall, there's no real great need besides increasing your score as mission-based games tend to grade you on your performance. Dark Moon is no exception. You gather money again, but this time money unlocks upgrades to the vacuum. That said, there are no portrait ghosts, so the selection of enemies is a little more limited and less memorable than the first game. And they often rely on different takes of the same enemies that you've already seen before. Both games offer incentive to return and play more. The first game is very brief, it can be completed in about three to five hours, so it's easy to come back to and try to grab even more gold and jewels. Dark Moon has that mission score that I mentioned, and it's easy to get back into individual missions and try again. Personally, I found the room-to-room -room gameplay of Dark Moon a little more engaging, with a higher emphasis on puzzles. But since the original game is such a short ride, there was never time for the tedium to set in. I can honestly appreciate the format that both the games work with. They both work in their own ways. The Controls and Tech This is admittedly a little harder for me to judge because it's been about a year since I played Luigi's Mansion, and even longer since I played Dark Moon and it will probably show as I keep talking. I seem to remember you getting a rundown of the first game's controls once at the start, and you can go back to the training room any time that you reset to the lab. I don't believe that Dark Moon offered anything like that. They more gradually introduce you to new mechanics, so remembering everything you can do is a little bit more of a process. While there are extra abilities in the first game in the form of the elemental spray, those always felt like more of an afterthought to me, largely non-essential outside of very specific puzzles. Dark Moon trickles a few new toys throughout the first mansion, so it's a little while before you can get too used to having everything at your disposal. One recurring problem I had with the original game, though, is that sometimes the controls didn't seem to respond enough. I feel like that may be a bit of a problem on my end, because I did have an old controller in-game, but I don't know. I would shine my flashlight on a ghost and stun it, but it would disappear anyway. I'm not sure why that kept happening. I'm pretty confident I did everything right. There was also mandated precision with the vacuum. It wasn't enough to face the ghost. You had to point it at the right height. And it was only a minor inconvenience, I know, 
but it was an inconvenience nonetheless. Dark Moon's controls, by contrast, didn't give me too many issues. There were occasionally times where Luigi had to tightrope walk, and his balance is dependent on how you hold the 3DS with its gyro sensor. Those were annoying, but there were only occasional challenges, and failures were usually my fault, I felt like, more than the game just being weird. As far as hardware goes, the original game does a good job at showcasing how powerful the GameCube was compared to the 64. A lot of detail in the mansion, a lot more physics and such, and other than Super Smash Bros. Melee, this is more or less the first time we see Mario and Luigi as they are meant to be seen, not having to rely on official art. Blocky sprites or the highly polygonal N64 models were a thing of the past now. Dark Moon didn't really stand out as much. The 3DS had already been out for a while, even before the game was pushed back to 2013. Now it's 2018, and both these games are history. I feel like it's fair to consider their original context and the groundwork they laid. Style. What's interesting is that the games both have their own style to them. This could be due to different developers working on the different games, but here we are. The first game goes for a departure from Mario's usual silliness, for more grounded designs. The mansion and its rooms look rather realistic. Even the portrait ghosts look like they're based on real people, with only a few of them bearing cartoonish proportions and designs. And mind you, this is years before the Metro Kingdom and Super Mario Odyssey. The only things to remind you that this is the Mario universe is Luigi himself, the occasional toads, and the silly designs of the regular ghosts. Even then, Luigi's colors are a little less vibrant than they usually are, the toads aren't that frequent, the regular ghosts still don't resemble anything Mario and Luigi have faced before. You don't even get a lot of Mario items. There's the poison mushroom, and that's about it. Not even any regular mushrooms. One could almost get the impression that this wasn't meant to be a Mario game at first. Or a Luigi game. The only familiar enemies in the whole rogues gallery are the Boos, and this game really plays up their otherworldly nature a lot more than usual. Overall, this makes the game stand out, since none of the other games ever go for anything like this, past or future. I guess other than the Metro Kingdom that I talked about, but that was kind of a different situation. Even the music is different more menacing or somber, based on being inside or outside, than you'd normally expect. Meanwhile, the second game has a much more stylized approach. It still has a lot of the feel of exploring old ghost houses, but a lot of the designs of the mansion feel more in line with the Mario universe. The ghosts are very silly, and normally a lot less threatening than the ones from the first game. Even when they're amped up on the red gems, they still have a bit of playfulness to them. The game really emphasizes that these ghosts are normally friendly, and that it's just King Boo turning them rabid. The boos are also toned down. The manner of defeating them involves having the vacuums suck on their overly long tongues, which is a signature trait of the boos, if you want to know, and having them ricochet around the room like ghostly pinballs until they're worn out. Much sillier than before. There's also the presence of the ghost dog, the more senile take on Professor E. Gad, and the greater emphasis on the toads and their cowardice. 
Not to mention the little character moments with Luigi and how the main melody of the game kind of invokes more of a sense of lurking and mischief instead of overwhelming uncertain danger. Dark Moon, by all means, is a more light-hearted game. King Boo himself is a lot darker than he was in the original, and his involvement in the last few missions does darken the tone of Dark Moon overall, but I still contend that, by and large, it's the lighter game. Even in the fight with King Boo, part of the strategy involves the classic trick of looking directly at a Boo to stun him in his place. That's a lot more silly and a good nostalgia nod compared to the first game where you're fighting a crazy mechanical Bowser and King Boo is just a regular ghost in all other regards. Again, the two games seem to be going for different things. The first game's style had some novelty going for it, maybe felt the need to prove the GameCube's potential, whereas Dark Moon went a bit sillier with things. Looking at the trailer for Luigi's Mansion 3, I feel like it's going to borrow more from Dark Moon than the original in this regard, so I guess the series has settled on an identity. And honestly, I like how Dark Moon feels more consistent with the Mario world at large. Though I agree that the original game's more unique aesthetic could make for a more memorable and more creepy experience. The Fear Factor. So, these are the spooky, scary Mario games. At the end of the day, they're not so scary compared to, you know, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, that kind of stuff. But the games do have their moments, especially if you're in the target demographic. The series never did break the E10 threshold, after all. Sadly, the 12-year gap between the games did have a lot of people grow old and become less sensitive to the things that could be scary in these games. Even the gap between Dark Moon and the 3DS of the remake of the original game is still five years, plenty of time for smaller kids to get into their preteens. The first game's realism and being the first game, a lot of it came out of nowhere. We weren't used to seeing a Mario game like this. On top of all the ghosts and the darkness, the fact that the mansion was more realistic and the portrait ghosts looked very human, it made everything feel more plausible. It felt like this mansion could be in a real place that I could visit and actually encounter these ghosts. Luigi just wandered in from his usual realm of silliness. Then, on a more personal note, there was always one ghost that really frightened me as a child. In the middle of the fourth area, you have to go out of your way to battle her, but there is this little upside-down sleeping girl who is one of the portrait ghosts. Her room being inexplicably upside-down, and her anger at you ending her nap time, that's creepy enough. And I believe it is now raining outside, so if you can hear that, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, she's creepy enough on her own, but what really got me was her backstory said that she took a nap, but ended up dead before she could wake up. And me, being as young as I was, took that to mean that she just randomly died in her sleep. That was incredibly scary to imagine. Nowadays, I realize that there's probably a bit more to it than that, like maybe she was sick or something, but it still got me. Nothing quite like that got me in the 3DS game. Of course, I was 21 years old by then, and the game seemed to be trying less to scare me than it did to entertain me. A few moments were mildly discomforting, 
and I could probably appreciate some dark implications of things that happen in this game, but at the end of the day, I'd say the original game was scarier. I do have the bias of being 11 versus being 21. Oh, and in case you're paying close attention and trying to do some of the math, I got these games a few years after release on both accounts. So I wasn't actually, you know, 21 when Dark Moon came out. Or was I? I... <laughs> oh no, I'm forgetting how old I was. <laughs> oh. So anyway, we come to the conclusion. Originally, I was going to keep a running score of which game did which category better. But I felt like that subtracted more than it added. This isn't some kind of top ten Luigi's Mansion things, number one list, you know? I'm just talking about two games and where I think one might have performed better than the other. While, yes, I prefer Dark Moon between the two, I'd like to think that I highlighted why someone else could still feel like the first game did better. They're both good games, and I don't think Dark Moon was trying to compete with Luigi's Mansion. That much was apparent to me as I look back on what kind of game it was compared to the first. For that reason, I have a hard time pitting them against each other when they're clearly meant to go in different directions. I mean, yeah, there are always expectations with a sequel, but I respect that Dark Moon seemed to be trying to do its own spin on things more than just copying the first game outside of certain story beats. We still have the first game, and we'll have it again when the remake is available for the 3DS, as soon as it's out, which should be very soon. Both the Luigi's Mansion games deserve love, and I look forward to loving Luigi's Mansion 3 just as much. That's all I have for this week's bit. If you want to hear more, remember to subscribe to the BitCast on the Podcast One website and mobile app, And like usual, you can also find the episodes on iTunes. I will see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.